Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll pop resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hello, friends, and welcome back to High Tide, Low Tide. It has been a hot minute, that's for sure. Um, And I definitely owe all of you a massive apology for just absolutely disappearing on you. I think the last solo episode that I recorded, um, I was complaining about some guy who had ghosted me and now I've just all up and just ghosted all of you for the last, oh, what would it be now? Like four months, five months, I think it is. So massive apologies. I think the last episode I released was back in June and um, I'll sort of get into a bit of a life update soon. But, you know, for the last couple of weeks, I've been meaning to sit down and record and honestly, it had felt a little bit overwhelming just because I was a little bit out of practice and you know, I was listening to a quote or like a podcast um, by Chris Williamson and he was talking about how saying you're going to do the thing isn't doing the thing and talking about doing the thing isn't doing the thing and thinking about doing the thing isn't doing the thing and, you know, talking to other people about doing the thing isn't doing the thing. The only thing that's doing the thing is literally doing the thing. So I had that playing in the back of my head today and I just thought, look, Lisa, you just need to sit down and do the thing. So here we are. This episode I'm going to preface is like a huge life update. Sorry, I ghosted you app. So there's probably going to be a lot of ramblings. Um, There is like I'm still going to talk about my mental health um, throughout the episode, of course. Um, but if, yeah, if you're not interested uh, in what I've been up to, um, you're, you're probably in the wrong place to start off with, um, but maybe skip it for next time's episode with a guest um, if that's more what you're into, which is also okay. So uh, we just entered into November, um, November being Scorpio season, so it's my time to shine. Um, my birthday is on the 18th, so coming up rather soon um about to turn 36 which is just a number really I mean age is what you make it and yeah it doesn't really bother me I'm just really looking forward to celebrating with the people that I love and care about within my close uh, group of girlfriends three of us have birthdays within a, a week so it's actually really nice because we just do something all together um and it means that everyone kind of, yeah, definitely, you know, makes an extra effort to come along and it just, yeah, another excuse to spend some time together, which is really nice. So if you guys follow me on social media, you will know that 
I recently competed in a ICN fitness competition, which is why I disappeared off of the face of the earth. So doing a fitness competition or a bodybuilding competition, whatever you want to call it, obviously requires a lot of dedication and consistency and, you know, a lot of your mental energy uh, alongside your physical energy, of course. I did a a 20-week prep, which means that I started my prep in May, about mid-May, I think it was. So when I started the prep, I was obviously really still in the depths of doing everything with um, the podcast. And I expected that I was going to be able to, to balance everything because I... I'm just like a yes person and I'm not glorifying that, but like I want to do everything because like I just, I want, you know, I don't know, like I want to achieve and I want to give and all of those things. And at the start of prep, I, I was able to continue to balance everything. So, you know, I work a nine to five Monday to Friday job. I was training, you know, five, six days a week I train in the morning before I go to work, um, then I head off to work. And then I was doing everything for the podcast um, on the side of that, um, outside of that. So whether it was in the afternoons after work or on weekends, so like on a Saturday, I might have somebody come over to record. And as the prep continued um, to move along and as we got closer to October, which is when the show was, um, obviously I just found it um, a lot more difficult to try to balance everything because you're giving more and more of your energy and your thoughts and and everything to this competition. And it was a really hard lesson for me to learn that I can't give 100% to more than one thing. Like I can't give 100% to the podcast and give 100% to the competition. It's just not possible. Um, So that was a really big lesson for me to learn. And, you know, with a lot of things in life, you can balance and you can manage giving a bit of effort here and a bit of effort there and all the rest of it. And it's fine. But with something like doing a bodybuilding competition, it's very difficult not to give 100% to that um, if you want to do well. And competing isn't a cheap sport. So it's, you know, you really do want to give your all when you're doing that type of thing. So that is, yeah, it just kind of, just kind of slid away from me, the podcast over the last few months. And, and that's okay. Uh, And we're back. So we're back and we're good to go. You know, I'm going to make a few changes. I think I've also learned that trying to get out weekly episodes um, was a lot. (laughs) Like I, I've never prior to, you know, producing this podcast, I'd never produced a podcast before and I didn't realize how much time certain things would take. Even with outsourcing my editing, I, you know, there's still a lot of things that go into it. So, you know, communicating with new guests and the email correspondence that goes into that, 
Um, and then, you know, listening to the edit when it comes back and making any changes and then writing out the little bio for, um, you know, that goes up on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and all the rest of it. So there's just a lot that goes into it. So in order to have a bit more balance and still be able to produce um, and deliver to you guys quality podcasts and stories, I'm going to dial that back. It'll either be monthly or fortnightly releases. Um, I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm still sort of making my way through that. And I already have some incredible guests lined up. So I'm super stoked about that. And I might even add in another like a mini series um, along the lines of a Dear Diary type one. We'll see, see how that goes over the next few months. The competing, I had a lot of people um, reach out and ask me to like talk about what the um, competition was like and what I learned and all those type of things. So this was the third time that I've competed. So I did a fitness competition back in 2014. And that at that time, the federation was uh, INBA and at the time I competed in fitness, um, in the fitness category. And then in 2021, I competed again. So there's a big gap in between where I lived in Indonesia, where obviously I wasn't competing. So I moved back to Australia in 2020. And then in 21, decided I wanted to give it another go. Um, and I had the same coach for both of those um, competitions. And then in, when was it, last year, my friend Sophie, she competed. And so I was able to be the, you know, the support network and the backstage person for that. And um, we both competed um, with ICN in here in Adelaide. And so, yeah, it was really, I guess I had a bit of FOMO watching her <laughs> compete last year and um, she was considering to compete again. So we thought how fun would it be if we went through a prep together? So that's what we did this year. We both decided that we were going to compete in season B, which uh, is in the first weekend of October usually when there's a long weekend here in South Australia. I had decided that um, if I was going to compete again, I wanted to um, use a coach that was specific to um, competing um, just because, you know, this is my third time um, and I just wanted to give that a try. And my coach that I had before that, he was incredible and a really great. I learned so much from him and he's an excellent strength, strength training coach. And I, yeah, my form has never been better. But yeah, I just had made this decision that I wanted to switch to a, as I said, a comp specific coach. And that was a really hard decision to make. And anyone who has a coach or a trainer or even like a hairdresser or something, like when you have, um, are looking to switch to somebody else, it's honestly like having to break up with somebody. It's so unpleasant like I had huge anxiety in the lead up to this because it wasn't like it wasn't a personal thing it wasn't like I, I didn't like this person or anything like that I just needed to make a change for myself to do something different anyway I yeah so massive massive anxiety in the lead up to that and I had sort of 
of a look at what other coaches were around here in Adelaide and I had narrowed it down to two coaches and reached out to both of those and just thought like I'll just sort of see how this conversation goes and, and make a decision from there. And I actually ended up Zooming with my now coach, Jake, um, while I was over in Indonesia towards the end of last year. I can remember I was actually sitting on Kazzy's bed at her house um, on Zoom having a conversation with him. And it just felt like we clicked and he understood what I was looking for. And for me, energy is super important. And even though it's harder to get somebody's energy through a screen, I just, yeah, it just felt good. And so I decided that I was going to um, move over to um, having Jake as my coach. And there was a few things that kind of made me obviously really nervous about making this change. And one of those things was that he didn't do any, like, face-to-face personal training really like that wasn't a normal part of his coaching and that's actually I've now come to learn like fairly common within the personal training coaching space here but I was used to training with a personal trainer face-to-face three times a week so it was going to be completely different for me so it meant that I was going to have to then obviously get a gym membership whereas my previous Um, coach had his own gym so then on top of that it was just like I had all these nerves and all this anxiety around like just being able to follow the program anyway so I joined um, up at Rideaware um, which is a gym not too far from me and I was an absolute scaredy cat joining up at that gym Um, but it was it's such a good gym and I really love it but, and it's very close to home, but I was really, like, I had proper gym anxiety in that I was like, what if I walk around the room and I can't find the exact piece of equipment that's in my program or, you know, having to adjust the squat rack or like knowing how much to like increase my weights or just looking at it and being like, okay, it's four sets of eight reps. What sort of weight am I going to put on it and just feeling thinking in my head as if everyone's going to be looking at me thinking what is this girl doing she doesn't know what she's doing look at her like oh my goodness she adjusted the squat rack not right or you know just absolutely ridiculous stuff but I feel like so many people have these thoughts in their head and they just want to normalize it um (laughs) and you know, the more you do something, the easier it becomes. So obviously over time, I started to get a lot more comfortable. And but anyway, the point of that story is that, you know, if you've joined up in a new gym, or if you've just joined a gym for the first time, like, it's normal to feel a little bit nervous. But believe me, no one is watching you thinking, what are you doing? Like, everyone's so engrossed in what they're doing. And if anything, like, if you wanted to ask someone for help, people are really friendly and they would probably help you. Well, anyway, they are at my gym and I love my gym. So I also didn't know anyone at the gym at the time. And that made me, I guess, like a little bit nervous, but 
you know, now, like, I have so many friends in the gym. <laughs> like, I've met so many incredible people training at this gym and just from starting conversations with them. And I think I said this in the last solo episode I did, like, just say hi to someone and just start a conversation with somebody. And, you know, if people don't want to talk, that's okay. But most of the time people are craving connection and communication and they'll be happy to talk I go to the gym like I get to the gym normally at 5 30 a.m like most days of the week so most of the same people are there you know people are regular creature creatures of habit so they all go at the same time most of the time so I see the same people like every single day and Like, I see these people more than I see my family or, like, more than I see my close girlfriends. Like, like these are the people I see the most in life are those other people who are training at my gym at the same time as me. And I have really come to love that part of my day because of that. Like, I crave that kind of connection. And, you know, there's a few people that obviously come to mind when I think about the gym and like my first ever gym friend, his name is Pat. He's actually leaving this week and moving to Melbourne. And I tell you, I am absolutely devastated. I am like, oh, I'm, I'm so excited for him and his girlfriend. So they've got these awesome jobs over there and they're moving into this little apartment and they're going to have the best time. But, like, I'm so sad for me because this is one of my friends and now they're leaving and gym friends are real friends too. <laughs> and, like, other there's other people who, again, if you follow me in my stories, you'll have seen the likes of, like, Kyle and Cozzy and Zoe. And, you know, I just have formed all these really great connections at the gym and I think about, like, all of those people and it's just been so lovely and I'm that annoying person that wants to talk to everybody really early in the morning so I'm really sorry (laughs) if you don't like that don't come anywhere near me (laughs) but what I like about that really long-winded story is that in hindsight I've had such a huge amount of growth from having to make such a big uncomfortable decision in switching coaches so if I hadn't made that really difficult decision to change coaches I wouldn't have signed up to be part of Jake's team I wouldn't have signed up at Ride Away Gym I wouldn't have met all of these wonderful people. I wouldn't have met the wider team um, that all train with Jake. And I just feel like there's been this really big domino effect that's come out of discomfort. And I am like, I'm so grateful. Like I never saw the amount of growth happening that happened this year. Like I, I'd competed before, I'd been through the process, but In looking back at everything that's happened in 2023, I've had some of the biggest changes and the biggest shifts in mindset. And this has all come from something that was hard. I have to say that during the prep process, whilst do not get me wrong, that it isn't, it's not easy. Like, to be honest, you're depleted in a lot of ways. Um, you know, you're on restricted calories, you are tired, 
you know, I was training most days in the morning. I had a step count that I needed to get in and I was doing cardio in the afternoons, not every day, but probably three or four times a week because that's what I needed and prep is different for everybody. But as hard as it was and is, I had the best time throughout it. Like there's just so many aspects of it that were positive and I guess I just felt so supported throughout the whole process and I think I'm very lucky because not everyone has that same sort of support that I did and I'm just so, so grateful and it came in so many different ways. So obviously, as I mentioned, um, my coach was amazing and I I really felt so supported um, by him and by the team um, of other competitors that were working alongside him. And then, you know, throughout my my family, like my mum and my dad were there on the day, um, on show day, cheering me on. And, you know, my girlfriends were all so supportive. I'll have to Um, put a video up somewhere but um, on show day I went to get my hair and makeup done really early in the morning and whilst I was out some of my girlfriends came around and they had made signs that said like go Auntie Lisa and like hustle for the muscle and made like a banner for me to run through as if I was like running onto the I know football field or something so they came around and they decorated my front yard whilst I was out so that I would come home to that and that was just like I love surprises and like they really did they got me good so that was so beautiful to come home to and you know not everyone understands like the bodybuilding process or why you would want to do it but just to know that you know everyone was so supportive regardless was just wonderful and you know not just that but there were so many people, whether it was on like in my DMs or at the gym, like there's certain people that come to mind who were always cheering me on, like the clapping hands emoji or like just like, you know, little messages here or there of encouragement. And some of the time these were from people that, you know, I hadn't seen in years or you don't even realize that they're watching and that they're taking notice of what you're doing. And I think we get so caught up thinking, or I have in the past thinking, oh, if I post this, people are going to judge me or they're going to be like, oh, she's put another ab photo up or she's posting about, you know, competing again, ugh, whatever. And there are probably people um, along the way who feel that way. And that is completely fine. And if people feel that way, I would encourage them to like unfollow or mute me. But what I was blown away by was the actual level of support that I saw. Like people are kind and people are so good and they want to encourage and see you do well. And that was just a really great lesson to learn because, yeah, as I mentioned, I feel like I'm always thinking that people are going to be judging me in my stories or you know, screenshotting it and sending it to someone else or whatever it is. And, and even if that is the case, again, that's not about me. That's, that's about them. So, 
yeah, if anyone out there is listening and, and you were one of those people, you know, I, I just want you to know how much I appreciated the support. Competing can be quite isolating because, you know, you're training alone for the most part and you're so busy and so tired all the time. I spent a lot of time on my own. So just having those small bits of like connection or chats here or there or you know, the little messages of encouragement actually really meant a lot to me. And I also had, you know, support coming all the way from Africa and, you know, a friend, not just a random person either, like somebody that I had met, you know, um, who worked away. And so you just like, there's so many forms of encouragement that I had over this time. And I'm yeah, super, super, super grateful. So as I mentioned, it was a 20-week prep and it got harder and harder and takes over your life the closer you get to show day. And I have to say, though, like looking back at it all, like this is the the best prep and best show day that I've had of the three. And I think what I was able to do is stay really present in the lead up to it. The whole prep, I really stayed in my own lane. I wasn't comparing myself to other people because I was truly doing it for myself. I wasn't necessarily going into it to win. I was going into it to produce, you know, an improved physique than I had in the past. And that's what it's all about. It's all about being judged on your physique and so I think that that did me really well. And there were times at which I muted um, some accounts online or, you know, unfollowed just because I needed to stay in my own head in a good way and not be, um, yeah, as I said, like comparing myself to others. And if you're someone who is um, considering to do a competition like this in the future, I would urge you that if you find yourself, you know, stalking the people you might be on stage with on their socials or you're, you know, continuously going onto their page to look at stuff and it's not feeling good inside, just mute them for the period of the prep or whatever. Like, don't do it to yourself. And so I was able to obviously do that, as I said, and really stay within my own lane and just... (laughs) like really lean into the gratitude that I had in that I was grateful for all the things I've already said, but like that I was in a position where I could make the decision to compete and I could do it for myself and that I was healthy and fit and I was really proud of myself um, for what I had achieved regardless of what happened on the day. And coming into like peak week, so peak week is the week that leads up to show day in case anyone doesn't know what I'm referring to. So I worked on the Monday and Tuesday and then had the Wednesday off and the show was on Sunday. And so I really, again, just wanted to be present in every moment of that and really, you know, enjoy going to have my nails done with Sophie and, really make the most of my last posing session with Esther and enjoy a nice slow beach walk with Cozzy and do all these things but not just do them 
just wishing it was Sunday already and wishing that it was over and just got to get through this and then, or I've just got to get through the next day and then I'll be able to do this. Like not wishing any of that away and just really, yeah, enjoying every moment of it because we never get this moment again. And I also didn't like when I was going into this, I was like, this will be my last competition. Um, I'm not going to do this again. So I'm just going to, yeah, really revel in all of it. And so I think what that allowed me to do, and especially on show day, was just find the joy in every single second of it. And I really do feel like I embodied that. And it was a conscious effort that it didn't necessarily come easy, but I chose to enjoy it. Um, Because like we always get so stuck in thinking, oh, what's the worst thing that can happen? What if I walk onto the stage and I, I trip in my heels? Well, it doesn't matter. You just get up and you keep going like, Or, you know, what if I don't place? Well, it doesn't matter. Like, you've done such a great job. Be proud of yourself. If you want to go again, we can go again. (laughs) So one of the the tools that I used in coming in closer to show day was the affirmations that I was using. So I think I've talked before in the past how I started to use different affirmations to change the way that I was thinking about things. So I had noticed I was starting to see 11-11 and 1-11 all the time uh, on my phone or on the clock or whatever. And every time I would do that, I would stop for a minute and say some different affirmations either out loud or in my head. And I actually used these to change the way that I was seeing the men that were surrounding me in my life. And so I started saying, you know, there are wonderful men all around me. There are emotionally intelligent men all around me, blah, 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 like many different things. And then as I was coming into comp, I started to change those affirmations. And what I really lent into was abundance and just feeling so abundant in different ways. So I would stop and I'd say, I am so surrounded by love and I am abundant in love and I am abundant in support and I am financially abundant and there is so much joy within me and so I would just really lean in and really feel into that feeling of abundance and like when I'm talking about it now even I can feel it inside of me and and it just showed up that abundance showed up in every way throughout the last, you know, six, I think I was focused on it in the last six weeks or so of my prep. And that really helped me um, to stay in a really, really good mindset. And it helped me to allow my mind to see the abundance that was there rather than focusing on anything else that could have been maybe classified as lagging or however you want to see it. I just think mindset is so so important but it just yeah I was able to really love every second of it and I just yeah it was such a great experience on the day I came second in my angels category 
Um, so that category, um, all the funds or all of the like money from that round goes to breast cancer research. And that was so much fun. There's only five of us on stage for that, but that was really enjoyable. And then the three bikini rounds that I was in, I placed in all of those. And so placing is a top five, um, on stage and some of those, lineups were like 15 people long so I'm so chuffed about that so I came fifth in all three of those so angel numbers 555 um apparently means that a change is coming so I will welcome that with open arms so I again I was very very stoked with that I was on stage once more for sports model um this I was not expecting to place. It wasn't where my body type was, but I really wanted to be on stage with Sophie while she was competing and that was absolutely worth it and a lot of fun to be on stage once more. So I was on stage five times and then, yeah, stayed and watched the fitness girls afterwards. It is a really long day. The amount of growth that I've had personally this year has been huge. Now, I I realized that I've just been going on and on and talking about how much growth I've had this year, and it's so true, and I'm so proud of myself um, just for creating that self-awareness, and I think the reason that the prep helps in that space, for me anyway, is that it just, it's just correlated with your ability to like my ability to keep the commitments that I make to myself. So by making commitments to myself and keeping them, it's like I have evidence of the type of person that I am and the integrity that I have. And I like that reflection. And so I ended obviously the, the comp on a, on a huge high and, and feeling all the feels and feeling really great And it's now been over four weeks, almost five weeks since show. And it would be remiss of me not to talk about how that period has been. I knew that coming into either you want to call it a reverse or recovery diet, whatever, that this, I knew this, this period post show would be the hardest for me having done it twice before. And But the thing is that knowing something is going to be hard doesn't necessarily make it any easier. So I have to say I have had a couple of weeks that have been really difficult with my own mental health. It's not gotten to a point where I felt as though I needed to like seek help as such but I'm just lucky that I'm aware of me of myself and and the things that um trigger me or you know help or hinder when I'm in a space like this and I think it's really important to talk about so obviously it's also a little bit of that like when you're at the top of the mountain and then like I've had a little bit of a a crash isn't the right word but I've had a little bit of a downtime since then. Part of that is because I've gone from like literally everything in my life being focused towards a specific goal and feeling very driven and very motivated and very happy. And then that day came and it was amazing and it went. 
So now it's like there's this big gaping hole in my life of like something being missing. Something is missing and and not having like a, a huge focus like that. So that has taken some adjustment for sure. And this is a common thing that people experience post-comp. So it's not like it's just me by any means. And I have just had to, I guess, navigate that a little bit and be kind to myself. And going through a bodybuilding competition, you obviously get very, very lean and you start to get used to being that lean. So after comp, you cannot maintain that kind of lean because it's not healthy and it's not manageable. And I don't want to, but readjusting back to what is like a normal lean or a normal body, an average body, can be a little bit tricky to navigate. So that's been a part of it as well. And as I've spoken about in the past, one of the things that I use to manage my mental health in general is that I remind myself that not all the thoughts that I think are true. And then I look for evidence of that, that they're not true. No, is it true? Is it really true? And quite often it's easy to, you know, squash your own negative thoughts. And actually I was listening to, who was it? I think it might've been one of the Diary of a CEO episodes the other day where the guest was talking about squashing the ants and the ants being A-N-T, so being automatic negative thoughts. So we all have these automatic negative thoughts. So it's about being able to recognize those and squash them. So squash the ants. And I just really loved that metaphor. I'm a sucker for a good metaphor because they stick in your head. So I've had to employ that tactic of squashing the ants and one of those was, you know, trust or not being able to trust what I'm seeing in the mirror um, because what my brain is trying to tell me or what the ants are trying to tell me and what's actually there are two very different things. So, yeah, just grateful for my self-awareness in the way that I think and being able to yeah, move past that. So yeah, it's been, I've found it very difficult to focus over the last few weeks. I've felt a little bit off mentally and physically in terms of, I think my body is still getting used to like having different foods and stuff like that. But yeah, super grateful for the support that I've had, um, especially from my coach um, in this space and feeling Like nothing I ever have to say on my questions, none of them are ever silly. So that's been great. But I never want to, you know, be on socials or be on my podcast and not be authentic. And as much as I love to talk about positivity and being optimistic and changing, you know, um, your thought patterns and things like that, like I have to acknowledge what I go through in the, like when, when I'm, my thought patterns aren't good and when I am feeling down and when my mental health, you know, being a sliding scale is on the other end of that scale. And, you know, I only ever want to be authentic with the people who are listening in here because that's the whole point. 
I was out in Loxton uh, last week with the group of the Women's Wisdom and Wellbeing that I'm part of with Breakthrough Foundation. Um, and we were presenting to about 70 women there in the town and it was just such a wonderful group. And in that event, I, I talked through my lived experience with depression, anxiety and self-harm. And I'd had a pretty bad week. And I sat down in front of those women and I, you know, I started out and I just said to them, you know, it would be inauthentic of me and remiss of me not to sit here and tell you that I've had, you know, a really crappy week and, and just was really honest about where I am. And I think it was probably the most powerful speech I've ever delivered in that kind of setting before and that was all just by being honest about my own mental health and the women in that room were so warm and so you know wonderful and they held this space for me and I had some incredible conversations with them afterwards about what they'd been through and and the things that you know I used to take care of my mental health in a in a time like that and and it was just really reassuring, yeah, to form those kind of um, conversations with people because that's what that group with the women's wisdom and well-being is all about. And we were also in Berry, I think, in September it was, and we had some great conversations there as well. So really looking forward to 2024 and what that program will look like. I know that Breakthrough Foundation have a few in the lineup already, which is incredible. So if you are in regional South Australia and you're interested in having us come out there, um, please either reach out to me or you can reach out to Breakthrough Foundation for some more information. And yeah, looking forward to 2024, what's next with the podcast. I am super happy that I'm going to have some mental space to be able to focus on that again. And really just, yeah, bring you some more incredible stories and form some more connections through through the podcast. I did sit down the other day and sort of, you know, jot down some different things in my diary about what I'm hoping that 2024 will bring and start to plan because I am a planner. If you know me, you know that very well. So having been through all this process this year, I kind of want to compete again next year in season B and just see one last time, as I said last time, you know, what kind of package I can bring. I really did enjoy my time. And if you enjoy something, then why not do it again? But um, yeah, that obviously being from about May through till October, so takes up a big chunk of the year and it's really a huge focus. So I haven't like 100% committed to that yet, but we'll see come like April, March, April or so. But we are training like that's the goal. Um, so um, certain areas that need a little bit more development, we are working on that already. But something else that has come up in the last couple of weeks for me is that I'm going to be exploring um, freezing my eggs. So 
this is something that I said I was going to do a couple of years ago. (laughs) As I mentioned, I'm about to turn 36. And as much as I hate it, like I have to come to terms with the fact that I do have a biological clock. And just saying that, I just hate even saying it. And it just, it makes me so annoyed that it's a consideration I have to have, but other people don't have to have. If you had told 21-year-old Lisa that she would be 35, unmarried with no children, she would have been devastated. 35-year-old Lisa, like, I love everything that I have done with my life. And I have had so many incredible experiences that I would not change for the world. Like I wouldn't give up, you know, having lived in Indonesia for five years and being a dive instructor and all the things that I've done, I wouldn't change that for anything else. But I do want to have a family one day. I would like to have my own children if it's possible and It's just a reality that, you know, as you get older, your egg stores get lower and the quality is not as good. So, yeah, I was, I had said to myself that, you know, if I wasn't in a relationship by the time I turned 35, so last year, that I would look at freezing my eggs. And then that came and went and I kind of did some very basic research into it and then got put off by how expensive it is. And I actually don't know how much it costs, but I think I just like looked at a couple of things online and it was like, I swear at one point I saw it was about $10,000 plus then the ongoing cryo costs, like to have them frozen. I believe that there is a subsidy. I now have a feeling that it might be about half of that amount. I'm not 100% sure. So yeah, I always say I got put off and then I got distracted this year competing and whatnot. Anyway, I'm now going to turn 36, as I've mentioned multiple times. And I just have, yeah, decided that now is the time and I, I can't keep putting it off. So I have made an appointment with Repromed and I'm super grateful because I put a post on my stories the other day about this and I had so many incredible women reach out to me and tell me who they had seen and what the process was like for them and whether they you know they had gone through a fertility clinic because they had endo or um, because you know they were going through the IVF Um, process or whatever it may have been and I'm just so super grateful to everyone for being so open with me about that so yeah I have made an appointment with Repromed in a few weeks um, just to go and have a bit more of a chat and I have made an appointment to see my GP so that he can give me the referral to see them I did actually have my AMH levels, like, so there's a blood test that you can have. I did that, obviously, when this stuff was floating around in my head after I came back from Indonesia. So in 2020, I had the blood test done, and it's not bulk bulk build, so I think I paid, like, $90 for it. So I had that blood test done, and I remember that it came back that my levels were slightly low, and then I had the 
contraceptive bar removed from my arm and I had the AMH blood test done again a year later and they had it had actually increased um slightly so my GP wasn't worried about it like by looking at that blood test but regardless this is something that I feel like I need to do for my own peace of mind I remember reading about um, Jennifer Aniston, like the article that came out, I don't know if it was like a year or two ago, where she talked about um, her fertility journey and how everyone had been commenting on her, saying that she was selfish for not having children and blah, blah, blah. Um, And in the meantime, she was going through some pretty hectic stuff. And in that article, she talked about how she wished she had frozen her eggs earlier. And so I always think back to that and I am just like, I have to admit, I'm a bit nervous about going to this appointment just because like, of course, you know, there's always the possibility that they might tell me something bad. Like I have no idea. Like, and so that's, you know, and I know I can't go down that wormhole of it, of thinking the worst. So um, we're just going to strap ourselves in. We've booked, we've taken the next step, which is the GP. We've taken the next step. We've made the appointment with Reprimed. And, yeah, we'll see what that process looks like. Someone did tell me that you can take the money out of super to pay for it, which is interesting. But also annoys me because, like, women in general end up having less money in super because they take time off to have children. But anywho, that's a different, whole different story. So that is something else that is on the cards for me probably come the start of next year. Um, I just, yeah, I want to do it. We're doing it. It's being done. Um Let me know if you're interested in being a part of the journey or if I should put it on my stories or something maybe. And I just know there must be someone else out there who would benefit from, yeah, seeing what this process is like. It's something that we don't really talk about openly that much, so maybe I'll do it anyway. It's my social media, so I'll do what I want (laughs) So that's coming up in the next, you know, less than six months. But I am also going to Miami in December to visit one of my incredible best friends, Jess. She lives in Fort Lauderdale with her incredible husband, Colin. So I'm stoked about that. If you have any, like, recommendations of places to go or things to do whilst I'm in Florida, that would be awesome. I don't plan on gallivanting around the US. It's just way too big and I want to be able to relax on my three weeks whilst I'm there. So I think we'll probably do a little trip down to Key West and a trip up to Orlando because there's some springs that she wants to check out, which look awesome. And also I really want to go to Disney. So (laughs) that's on the cards. I also have a friend in Little Cayman that I may pop over to visit. So who knows? And also my ex lives in Miami, not Miami. My ex lives in Mexico with his fiance. So who knows? I might go and visit them as well. We're friends. It's fine. It'll be okay. (laughs) It's 
not weird, I swear. So yeah, that's sort of what's been happening in my life. Um, I'm super excited to get back into high tide, low tide and to be able to bring you some more stories this year. If you would like to share your story with me, please slide on over into my DMs and um, let me know. I am also looking at adding in a video content in the next 12 months. I had a little um, one-on-one coaching call with Sophie at On Track Studio who um, specializes in podcasts and that was one of the things that came out of that. So your girl needs to get a camera um, for that one and add in a whole other editing thing. So also, if you would like to sponsor the podcast or if you know a business that might be interested in sponsoring this wonderful little mental health podcast, please hit me up um, in any way, shape or form. Um, The support is obviously always appreciated. But yeah, I think that's me done and dusted for this episode. That's almost an hour, I think, of me rambling at you guys. Thank you so much for sticking with me over this time. And yeah, looking forward to all that the rest of 2023 and the next 12 months after that I have to to bring to me. You guys are honestly the best and I'm so thankful for all of your support as well. All right, guys, that's me. I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm stopping. I will see you next time. Doey! If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at hightidelowtideau.com. Com or DM me on Instagram at high tide, low tide AU. See you next time.